he mentioned a few weeks ago in the Midrash which talks about the five Geulahs and brings that they correspond to the five final letters that we have in the Aleph Base. We know that all the letters of the Aleph Base uh, are the same whether they appear in the middle of the word or the end of the word except for five which change when they come at the end of the word. The letters what we call by the abbreviation Man Tzapach, the Tzapach, the Mem, the Nun, the Tzadi and the Pei. And on that we saw Chazal that said that these five final letters represent five Gurdas. Each final letter, letter is a certain redemption. And Chazal say that the Chof, the final Chof is the redemption of Abraham Avinu. The final Mem is the redemption of Yitzchok. The final Nun is the redemption of Yaakov. The final pay is redemption of the Jewish people from Mitzrayim and the final tzadi will be by Ezra Hashem soon the redemption of the time of Mashiach. So at the time we spoke about the redemption of Yitzchok and a number of people expressed interest in understanding more of the Chazal, what the other redemptions are. So this week Parshas Yishlach is a good opportunity to talk about the redemption of Yaakov, which Chazal linked to the final nun. What's the connection between the redemption of Anun and Yaakov Avinu? Where is it learned from? Pesach in the sixth parasha, where Yaakov's davening before going to his meeting with Esau, and he says, Hashem, Hatsileini no. The double Nun, Hatsileini no. Please save me from Esau. And then when Yaakov does get saved, so that's the concept of the final Nun. The redemption of Yaakov. What does it mean? So let's first look at the idea of the letter Nun. And let's look at a Chazal which really needs explanation. It's a well-known Chazal, but it's a well-known question too. The Gemara in Brachu says that we know that Aleph face, that Ashrei, we say three times a day, works in the order of the Aleph face. Starts with which is the Aleph, and finishes which is the Taf. And it goes in order throughout the Aleph face with the exception of the written Nun. There's no Nun in Ashrei. And the Gemara brings the question, and the Gemara brings us the question, why didn't David write the written Nun, possible the written Nun, as he did for the rest of the Aleph face? And the Gemara answers, because the possible the written Nun would have had a negative, so to speak, connotation. The Pasuk would have been a Pasuk which comes in the Navi Amos and then it's Naifel Veloitosif Kum Pesulas Yisrael She falls and doesn't get up again the Pesula of Ka Yisrael and that wasn't a positive so to speak Pasuk and so therefore David HaMelech decided to delete the Pasuk altogether he leaves out the name and that Gemara is very difficult to understand because it's not the only possible possible with a nun. There's not the only possible word with a nun either. If David was looking for a possible with a nun, with a more hopeful message, there could have been many other psukim which David could have brought in part of Ashrei and don't have the same negative connotation. Why was, so to speak, David limited to this possible? That if he wanted to bring a possible with a nun, this was going to be the possible. And because of that, so then when David decided he'd rather leave out the nun, then write such a pasuk in Asher. Why couldn't you find a different pasuk to write? 
Also, the Gemara itself says that the connotation of that Pasuk is not completely negative. Even though it could be read the way we said it before, Naifel, Benaitaisif Kum, Basulah Yisrael, shall fall, will never rise again, Basulah of Yisrael. It could also be read, and this is the way the Gemara says they read it in Eretz Yisrael in the Marava, Naifel, Benaitaisif, she falls and won't fall anymore. Kum, Basulah Yisrael, arise, Basulah of Yisrael. So, that's the second question we can ask. And that is, what's the reason for this double meaning in the Pasuk? What's it meant to signify? Okay, so that's the that's the question we have on let's say, the Pasuk of the Nun. Let's understand the letter. The regular Nun, which always comes in the Torah, is a bent Nun. It's a Nun which is Kofuf, bent over, it has a this top part of the nun, and then there's a, so to speak, turns, it's curved. That's the regular nun. The nun, when it comes as a final letter, is a long, straight letter, maybe longer than any other letter. What we call a nun poshet. On this, the Gemara says in Shabbos, that the two nuns, the regular nun and the final nun, represent the neman kafuf, a person's, uh, the neman, the person who's a maimin, who's bent over, and the neman poshet. And the Neman, the Baimin, when he's poshut, when he is, so to speak, straightened out. What's the difference between the Neman Kafuf and the Neman Poshut? What's the difference between something which is bent over and something which is straight? So, I was thinking, where do we find in Chazal the similar kind of, so to speak, comparison between something bent and something straight, which will give us the key to understand the difference of the two nuns and will give us the key to also understand what is the Geula? What is the redemption of the Nun? And I found the Gemara in, in Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara at the beginning of the third paragraph of Rosh Hashanah is talking about the Shafer. And the Gemara says that there were different times that we brought a Shafer. One time we brought a Shafer is in Rosh Hashanah. Another time we brought a Shafer is when they used to have the Yavl on the Yom Kippur of the Yavl. And I listened to the Gemara. The Gemara says the following, I'm a Rav Levi. The way that there's a difference between the Shafer of Yom Kippur and the Shafer of Rosh Hashanah, and that is the Shafer of Rosh Hashanah is Kafuf, is bent over, it's a curved Shafer. So they used to use the ram's horn, which is a bent horn, and the Shafer of Yom Kippur, which they used to use in the Yovel, was Poshut. They used to use the horn of a mountain goat, which is completely straight. And what's the reason for that? Why would they use bent horns on Rosh Hashanah and straight horns in Yom Kippur? So the Gemara says, because in Rosh Hashanah, Kama the Kaif Inshi Daite Tvei The more a person can bend himself in Rosh Hashanah, the better it will be for him. And so the message of Rosh Hashanah is to be more bent, and in we symbolize that with the bent one. Whereas in Yom Kippur, we use a straight one. Why a straight one? The Gemara doesn't say, but Rashi does. And he says, because since the point of the Shafer of Rosh Hashanah was we davening, it's part of Tfila, it's part of our attempt to secure for ourselves a good din so we made it a bent horn will do the job better the more a person is bent over the better it is whereas when it comes to Yom Kippur the point of the shofar of Yom Kippur the shofar of the oval wasn't part of tefillah the shofar of the oval was a declaration to set everything free the slaves went free the, the grounds, the land returned to its original owner the drawer, the freedom which was so to speak the Kuhullah of Yom Kippur, that needs a straight one. 
that needs uh, something which is, so to speak, the not bent, which is straight. So here we see a Gemara which tells us the difference between something straight and something bent. And with that in mind, we can understand the idea of the bent nun and the straight nun. Let's explain. The concept of the bent nun was the same concept that we spoke about beforehand, and that is that the more, when it comes to tefillah, a person is bent, the better it is. And the reason for that is when it comes to davening, so the mile of tefillah is how much a person feels submission to Hashem, and how much a person feels that they have to rely on Hashem when they daven. And the more that a person feels submission, and the more a person feels reliance, and the less a person feels that they have their own schusim to rely on, or that they deserve a salvation. In other words, the the more a person is bent, the better it is. The better it is. And therefore, when Yaakov comes to Daven to HaKadosh Baruch, and Yaakov is asking to be saved from Esau, and Yaakov is a tzaddik, Esau is not. So Yaakov could have thought, well, I deserve to be saved because I'm more righteous than him. And besides which, Hashem had already promised Yaakov more than once that he was going to save him. So Yaakov could, could have relied on the promise. And if that's the case, even if Yaakov would have davened, it would have been with a certain sense of entitlement. I deserve to be saved. Well, you promised me I'm going to be saved. That would be something missing in the tefillah. The tefillah of Yaakov is a tefillah of complete contrition, submission. I don't deserve anything. Hashem kotonti. I've already been too small for the chesed you've done for me. And therefore, I have nothing to bring to my to the table to say that I deserve to be saved from Esau. And I'm not going to mention the haftachi either because maybe I've done something wrong that I don't deserve that haftachi. And therefore, the tefillah is one of complete submission. I see they need not. Please, Hashem, save me from myself because I have nothing else. I have nothing else to 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 to, to base on my, on my merit that I deserve to be saved. And the more that a person is the bent nun, the more that the person is kafir taitai, which means he submits himself more to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and relies more on Hashem, the better it is. That's a tefillah which is more accepted. As opposed to a person who's davening in the, in the schus of what I've done, in the schus of what I deserve, that's a tefillah which is less effective because the tefillah, more reliance, and a person thinks what they deserve themselves and less reliance on Hashem to help them. And exactly the same nuns we find when it talks about the tefillah of Moshe Rabbeinu. When he asked to be allowed into Israel, the Eschanon. They also have the, the two. The Eschanon, and that is Moshe is asking, like he said, for Matnas Chinam. The Chazal say, he's asking not because I deserve it, not because Hashem look what I've done as Moshe Rabbeinu but as a, something which I don't deserve and I'm relying completely on the Kodesh Baruch's favor and kindness to give. That's the tefillah of the nun. That's the first thing. And the more bent the nun is, the more the tefillah is accepted. And the same by Rosh Hashanah. You're being judged in Rosh Hashanah. If a person comes to the end of Rosh Hashanah thinking, okay, I've done things wrong perhaps, but I'm also a tzaddik, I want to look right. And I'm expecting Hashem to save me because of my mitzvahs, because of my schosim. So that's a mistake. 
the matter of Rosh Hashanah is the more a person can feel that I don't deserve. And I feel that I'm reliant on Hashem's Chesed, and only on Hashem's Chesed, that's the better it is. We, have a, we, we use Dafka, a, a bent shape of Rosh Hashanah, because we want to show that the matter of Rosh Hashanah is the amount a person can be contrite, can be submissive. That's the bent now. But now what's the Geulah? What's the redemption of the nun? Which comes about through the schus of the tefillah, obviously. But what's the redemption? And the answer is that the concept of a nun, the straight nun, it's the longest letter in the face and it's a completely straight line. And the idea of the completely straight line is the line, so to speak, which goes from Shemaim to Aretz. Completely straight line that is meant to signify a direct issue. Kila HaKadosh Baruch is sending a clear salvation from him and this is the second part of the story the person who when he davens feels more reliance on Hashem so it will be Zaycha to Yeshua where the Yeshua is more clearly from Hashem too if a person feels that they deserve a Yeshua so then it's less likely that the Yeshua that will be given will be shown to be clearly from Hashem it's only when you first have the bent nun in the Tefillah then you have the straight nun in the Geula and that's the Geulah of Yaakov. The Geulah of Yaakov was something which was clearly from HaKadosh Baruch It was an example of that straight nun. Where do we see that? Where, where do we see that by Yaakov Avido? So this is the principle we were talking about before. The Yaakov on his way to meet Esau. But Tavosadvarim in a natural order there's no way in the world that Yaakov is going to overcome Esau. He has a, his wives and a few kids against an army of 400 soldiers. And what's going to happen? So, there's the, uh, the two opinions in Chazal, what actually did happen. Either, even though normally Esau hates Yaakov, and he mastered this army to come and attack Yaakov and kill Yaakov, when he actually meets Yaakov, he just does not that. For that second, the animosity disappeared, and he acts like a brother. The other option? And the second parish is that Esau tried to bank Yaakov's neck and kill him, and miraculously his neck turned to marble, and Esau lost all his teeth. Whatever it's going to be, Akkadish Baruch intervenes. And when Akkadish Baruch clearly intervenes, then that's the good of the news. It's direct, it's a clear sign from Akkadish Baruch he is taking charge. That's the shape of the moon. It's at one straight letter which goes from the top right down to the bottom. The letter which is Yasha, the letter which is straight. And it's not for nothing that after Yaakov's victory, after Yaakov's redemption, after Yaakov was successful against all his enemies, so his name is changed to be indicative of Akkadish Baruch's salvation. And that's why Yaakov's name is changed either to Israel which is the Yashar Kels. It's directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Did Yaakov you say? Did Yaakov has given a new name too. Also, a sign of Yaakov's success, Yaakov's salvation, Yaakov's Atala. This name doesn't come in the Torah, but it comes in the Nod. He was called Yashar. That's the Yashar with the final name. The Yashar from Kel, the Yashar from Hashem, with direct salvation of Hashem. The name he was given when he overcame Esau, the Malach, Laban. But it's also Yeshua. 
the redemption of the Yashar, which is directly from Hashem, which manifests with that name. That's the concept of the Atzalah of Yaakov. But let's go back to another point. Let's explain the Gemara we started with. In Ashray, there are a number of themes being discussed. One of the themes is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kingship, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's dominance. And that Tavar Melech says, Malchuscha Malchus Kodilomim. Memshaltucha B'chaldar V'dar Hashem, your kingship is encompasses everything in the world in every generation how is Hashem's kingship going to be revealed what's, the, what's going to bring about the result that Hashem will reveal the kingship and will be clear to the entire world that's the redemption of the nun the clarity of the, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who saved us is the symbolism of the final nun but before that, the process which needs to be in place in order for that final nun to be revealed is the bent nun first. There has to be the contrition, there has to be the tefillah of complete reliance of Hashem, of the fact that there's nothing else which can bring about Hashem's salvation. And therefore, if we're talking about what's going to bring to the Malchus Malchus the next passage which starts with the nun. The next passage which starts with the bent nun, when the nun comes at the beginning of the word, has to be an expression of that nefila, of that being contrite, of that feeling that there's no way up. The feeling of falling without the ability to rise again. That's the feeling of absolute reliance, of absolute, so to speak, one's completely bending oneself to request from Hashem. That's the tefillah which is needed in order for the Malchus to be revealed. And that's why David was writing Ashrei. And he began by saying Malchus from Malchus called Amin. So the way which is going to bring about that is the nun of the nun of feeling that there's no way up. There's no avenue of escape. There's nothing possible for us to do. Then we can rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu to find the next Pasuk. HaKadosh Baruch Hu supports all those who the Neflim, all those who have fallen, all those who have bent themselves like that nun. And when that gets revealed, then the second reading of that same Pasuk is understood. That you won't fall any further. And there will be the Kum Basulas Yisrael. There will be the stage where Basulas Yisrael will arise again. But that's not the first that's not the first perspective we can have. The first perspective we have to have, the, the way to approach Hashem in Tfila, like the mission says, to come to that recognition and that realization. There's nothing for us to align except Hashem. We have no schosim, we have no other avenues of escape. That was the Tfila of Yaakov. Kotainti. I don't deserve anything, Hashem. But nevertheless, Hatsileni no. That's the bent nun which brings to the final nun. Like we said, the bent nun represents the shofar. The tefillah of Rosh Hashanah comes from the same point of, of humility, of contrition, of throwing ourselves completely at Hashem's mercy. And the more we can do that, the more powerful the tefillah is. And the shofar of the evil is the shofar of chayrus, of freedom, of drawer. Freedom of the property, freedom of the slaves. That's why the evil is in the 50th year. The 50th year is the... Is the 
so to speak, the gematria of that nun, the nun of the redemption, which is the, a complete redemption. In the Torah cycle, there's no more, there's nothing higher than the redemption of the evil. And it's always like that. Yaakov was the one where this concept was first manifest. The tefillah which brings to the Gula. The second time Klai Yisrael felt that same way was in the time of Haman. When there also, Klai Yisrael felt there was nothing for them to do. There's no avenue of escape. The only option we have left is to daven, but to daven from a point of view of Nafa. Of feeling that we've fallen to a level where we can never rise up again. We rely completely on HaKadosh Baruch because there's nothing else to rely on. And there also there was that gili of Hashem's direct salvation. The Ramas and the gili for that is the fact that Homer was hung in the tree 50 amas high. That was the gili of that straight nun which is also the gematria of the 50 like the evil. One last point. The Pasuk uses an unusual expression. Basulas Yisrael. The Basula of Yisrael. That's not the normal term that the Navi uses to describe Kla Yisrael. It's very rare in Tanakh. What does it mean? And we know that the concept always of the term Basula is something untouched, something which is still pure, something which hasn't been ruined. And even though Klai Yisrael, at the depth of their despair, when they feel that they nafal, they feel that they have nothing left. But when they're shown to rise again, so then the description uses Basulas Yisrael. You were never harmed, you were never touched, you were never affected by the tribulations that you went through by the going who tried to overpower you. You were still pure and perfect. And it's another interesting thing we find. The Torah says the punishment for somebody who destroys the Basilian is also 50 shekels. It's also the concept of destroying the nun. And when Klai Yisrael gets saved, so the element of that salvation is the charge that there was a Basilian of Yisrael. And it's not for nothing that the gematria of Basilian is the same gematria as Basil. The place where Yaakov was shown to be victorious, the place where Yaakov emerged unscathed and unaffected by all the tribulations he had been through. The giddy of the name Yisrael, what happened in Basil. That's the same concept that showed that Yaakov came shalem. Yaakov was untouched. And that's the full level of the Gola. The full level of the Gola is when the Gola is complete. And we see in retrospect that we never lost anything. Kaisal is still complete. The story of Yaakov, as we know, was a forerunner for what the Jewish people are going to have to experience. The story of Yaakov, as we know, was the Maisa Avos, which is a similar body. What the forefathers experienced, which became the roadmap for what we Kaisal are going to experience too. And in that context, so we know what the Mishnah says. The only thing we have to align is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the more we can become the Tefillah of the first nun, approaching HaKadosh Baruch Hu from a place of utter humility, a feeling of complete subjugation, and a feeling that there's no other avenue of escape, there's nowhere for us to rise again, then we can be guaranteed Kum Basulas Yisrael. That, we will, that the, the gili of the nun will become the gili of the straight nun, the nun of salvation, the shaper of the evil. And that will be the gili of the redemption when Klai Yisrael is still complete.